The Secret Key Podcast, Season 1, Episode 11. Hey, thanks for coming back. So last time we were talking with Eves about um, his diabetes and the journey that he went through about like the time that he got diagnosed, all his learnings. But now this time um, I want to ask him like, so can you describe like what it is like a day to day, like from, from the moment that you open your eyes all the way till the moment you go to sleep. How how does it look for you? What is what are the things that you do? What are the things that you have to take into consideration every every moment? And like let's start from like when you open your eyes, what what is the thing that you're thinking right now? Usually I wake up at night at least once, sometimes twice, and I have to pee. Okay. <laughs> so like it's it's been a while that I don't sleep like eight hours straight. So I I wake up right now like on the last month I got a continuous glucose monitor, so it uh, it is tracking my sugar levels twenty four hours. So just to clarify, what is that for our audience who do, do not know what what the monitor is? Uh, well, the monitor is it's almost like a band-aid or a patch and it's in in my arm and it uh, it is registering all my blood sugars and it uh, it records up to eight hours so like I should uh, scan it with a phone or or another device to to get the, all the data from from that uh, patch okay. Uh, so like when I open the eye, my eyes, I, I scan myself and I check like how, how was the night or how, 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 how I am, am I at that moment? And you can also put alarms at night and everything, but, uh, I, I'm, I'm pro sleep. So, <laughs> so I, I guess that, uh, right now I still feel my lows or, when I when I'm high, I I still feel something different, so I try to keep my body uh, alert instead of having the phone telling me like you might be low, wake up, it's something. And like uh, I had it few nights at the beginning, but it was quite stressful to to wake up with this. So every morning I'm hungry. I'm hungry most of the time. So I, I usually take a shower and then prepare breakfast. Uh, during the re uh, during every meal, I have to take three portions of carbs. So usually one is toast, one is fruit, and sometimes some co cookies or granola or yogurt or something like that which is a bit more fun than, than the rest so a portion how how much carbs should it have in grams it's 15 uh, grams of carbs and it's usually one one portion in well at least in Mexico, you, uh, Spain, and the U.S., that's considered one one portion. portion. Okay. I don't know in the rest of the countries, but like where I have been diabetic and I had lived, it's it's like that. Okay. Fair. So after breakfast, then well, right now we're working from home, so I switch on the computer and I start my day at at work. 
Then after two hours of breakfast, I, I check my blood sugars. If they are okay, I don't do a snack. If they are low, I, I take a snack. If I'm quite high because I try something new or, or I had a, a heavier meal and my, my blood sugars go high, then I, I correct it with, uh, with insulin. Okay. Then, well, we wait for lunch and it's the same. It's like three portions of carbs. But at lunch, I don't know why, uh, my, during the afternoon, I, I usually get um, higher uh, blood glucose. And then, then I usually, at, at lunch, I, 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 I give myself uh, two more doses of, uh, of insulin than normal, two more units. Then in the afternoon, it's usually I, I take a snack. And depending on the day, uh, I might have a Chinese lessons or I might go for a walk or for or the supermarket. Or, and every day I try to walk at least 8,000 steps, which takes me usually one hour, one hour and 15 minutes, more or less like that. And yes, we should all try to do exercises, but... I don't do them that often, so I'm trying my best to, to improve that part. Then for dinner, it's the same as well. Uh, three portions of carbs plus protein plus uh, something green. Uh, every meal, I try to have something green, which helps me to absorb better protein because I, I lost a lot of weight before being diagnosed. And I was told that uh, proteins are better absorbed if you have something green next to it. So I always try to, to have something green, like a green vegetable or spinach or kale or lettuce or green beans or mostly green vegetables. So you said that you um, always, like you, when... At night, you have to go to the to the bathroom to pee, uh, and I remember that it was one of the symptoms that you described uh, before. So that never goes away. Like you still have more necessity to go to the restroom than you were diagnosed than before getting diagnosed. Is that yes. right? Yes. It's like uh, like before being diagnosed when when I walk, when my body was perfectly fine. I could sleep eight hours straight without waking up. And right now it's, uh, it's usually every night I, I wake up at least once. Okay. So is that also the same case for like being thirsty? Like, do you get thirsty as often as like when you were presenting the, the symptoms or do you feel that one has, has gone back to normal? No, the thirst, I, I only feel it if, if I was high during that day. Okay. Then my, my body requires more water. And also, like, uh, when you pee, you, you get rid of some sugar that is in your body. So, so it helps you get that sugar away. Okay. So like, what are the symptoms when you are high or low? Do you feel the same or like, like, what is it like to have a low versus having a high? When I have lows, I feel a lot of heat 
and my body can start shaking, shaking like my hands could could shake, and I feel a bit dizzy. And well, the dizziness I also feel it when I'm high. So so I st- and when I'm high I feel thirsty. Then I want to pee a lot when I'm high, so I I need to go to the toilet. And basically, basically that those are the signs when when I'm high. But sometimes I don't even feel those. Okay. So my my sensor lets me know like, hey, you're high, and and then I I I take uh, I correct it with insulin. Now, uh, if you don't have the sensor, what are the other alternatives you can use to measure your your blood glucose? Well, you can prick your fingers, which I I still use it because like uh, when when the sensor lets you know that you are high, you should also check on your blood sugar because because it's different because the sensor checks the blood in in a different layer of of, the, of your skin, and in, when you prick your fingers and you use the the test strips, they they measure proper blood sugar. Okay. So you check it that way. And there are different kinds of uh, of sensors. Now I remember you told me once that uh, another method is like people use dogs, uh, like the animal dog, to to actually check the glucose. Is that how how does that work or like? Well, I I once went to a meeting in San Diego with uh, other T1Ds, and this guy he brought a dog that he trained because he he didn't hear the alarms from from the sensor so he trained this dog and uh, uh, through the breath the dog uh, through the human breath the dog can sensor the the amount of sugar in the in the person okay so the dog can actually know when somebody is low or high Right. Yeah, just what, just that person. Okay, so they so have like, to be trained specifically for that person. Yes. Okay, so not like a dog cannot. If that dog is not trained for you, then they will never know if you're low or high. No. Okay. No, no, no. You have to train him for for yourself, or you have to buy one, and they will train it for you with your saliva, and they will do all the training to to check and to train him so so that he can wake you up if you're sleeping or if you, if you need help at that point. Okay. So what is like the thing that frustrates you the most? Like what is uh, uh, the inconvenience of like, um, like I know you have to carry stuff, but like have you encountered situations where like people like struggle with you, like uh, injecting insulin or like when you are measuring your your glucose, like what are the things that like you struggle the most with society on that sense? I, well, I don't mind injecting in public. Like I, I take my shots everywhere and I just do it. And I did it since the beginning. Like I remember like the first week, one person told me like, oh, we were in a restaurant and she told me, well, if, if you don't want to to take your shot here, you can go to the restroom. And I was like, no, no, no. Like I find that 
the table is cleaner than than going Go to, to the, the restaurant toilet. Yeah. and and take your shot there. So I was like, no, no, I'm I'm gonna do it in pub in public. I don't I don't really mind. Okay. But the things that I struggle is when when I'm ordering some food and uh, a waiter cannot tell me the ingredients that are in the meal. So. I don't want to take the risk to eat something that will later alter my blood sugars. Right, right, right. And some people, they just don't really mind. They are like, no, I, I, I don't know if it has sugar or not. Other thing that I have issues with is uh, I always carry stuff. Like I carry my insulin, I carry snacks. So I'm always with my backpack everywhere. And sometimes you go to stores and they are like, oh, please leave your backpack in in the lockers or something like that. And come on, it's like you as a normal human being, you wouldn't leave your pancreas in a, in a locker. Right. So like I I want to keep my pancreas close to me. So so I need all that stuff to be okay. And some people don't understand that that you need that next to you. Have you struggled with like when going through an airport uh, during the security checkpoint? Like, have you had issues when passing that? Like, do, 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 do the officer will stop you and ask you like about it or they just don't care and you, you go fine in that line? Usually I have no problems in the airport. Uh, of course, sometimes they ask like, why do you carry so many needles? And then they see the insulin and they realize like, okay, you're diabetic. You need to travel with this. And at the beginning, I used to carry always a recipe from my doctor uh, that I would say that I have this condition and that I have to travel with, with all this stuff. But honestly, I have never been asked for this document. So so I, I usually have no, no problems with that. Sometimes if, the, if I have a juice box or something, of course, like it... Uh, It has more milliliters than what I can take and they would complain, but usually no, no problems with that. What is like the most annoying thing you have to like, um, like for example, during the last, uh, last time that we talk about disabilities, like one of the things, uh, I said was like, I don't get tired of like people asking me about my arm. It's the way when people ask me about my arm, that the thing that, that pisses me off or like the part of like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, what is the thing, uh, like when people approach you about your diabetes, like, do you have a thing in that, that you would prefer people not to ask or like uh, to accommodate and they don't do like, have you, what, what is that thing? What does it look like? I I don't really like when people start like oh you shouldn't eat this or or you should eat this like when they suggest like oh cinnamon is magic and it will lower your sugar and all that stuff and honestly there's there's no magic on on cinnamon like like it's good I I enjoy it but it doesn't change that it doesn't have any significant uh, change on my blood sugars plus I, i bet you've always heard like people say like oh uh i know if you eat or if you uh this this product or if you go into this diet 
like diabetes gets cured, right? Like people yes. believe that thing. That yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, no, I'm type one. Like my pancreas is lazy. My pancreas is not producing insulin. And my diet won't uh, make my pancreas produce insulin. Because that's the first thing that we have to remove, right? Like it's not curable right now. No. As of today, there is no cure to diabetes. No matter which type you are, you will have that condition. Mm -hmm. am, I, am I wrong or right? Well, at least for type 1, it's like that. Uh, I also heard that for type 2, with diet, you can improve it and you can stop taking meds but still it's like you have to have a, a good control of your blood sugars because side effects can can damage a lot the body okay so there's multiple things that can happen still and and because like every person is different uh people can like take diets or food in a different way so it's like a case-by-case case thing in mm -hmm. this, in this. Of course, all of us have to be within range and your doctor will tell everyone what's the right range that they should take or what's the goal that they want to take. Because like I, I met people that they are like, no, no, it's like I, I never go over 130. And in my case, I can go up to 150 and my doctors are, are okay with that. But of course... As you said, it's case by case. Okay. So what is the thing that you like appreciate like uh, when being surrounded by people? Like what what do you enjoy uh, in that sense? Like, for example, uh, when people help you or not? Because, for example, in my case, I don't necessarily like when people help me because when, I, when I'm not asking for help, but if I'm asking for help, sure. But uh, like, what's the case in your in your situation? Like, what do you appreciate when people think about well, it? Well, for example, like when I have a, a low sugar and I'm taking my blood blood uh, blood sugar test, and they see that I'm worried, and they want to help, or they want to check if they have some snacks that they could give me, or or they just want to give a smile and say like, hey, you're going to be fine. And I, I feel supported in that way. Okay. Like they don't have this shame like, oh, he's having a hard time. Let's worry. No, no. It's like they just want me to be okay. And, and I get that message. Do you struggle with uh, like which, which country, uh, the ones that you've lived in with diabetes, do you feel it's the one that you struggle the most in the terms of like cuisine or finding food that can be adapted to you? Well, in terms of restaurants, I think I, I struggle more here in, in, in Spain because there are many, many cars, like potatoes are everywhere and like uh, there's a lot of fat. Rice, paella. There's, there's rice. There's, there's bread. There's ingredients there. Also, when we traveled to China, I, I was quite worried because most of the food are noodles, rice, and most of the sauce. And when, when they cook, they use sugar for... For the spices. Savory yes. meals, so... So, so it's hard to control, but people were super helpful, at least in China. Sometimes here they are like, oh, no, no, I, I cannot change it or I cannot modify it. And at least in the U.S., I was used to that, hey, I'm diabetic, I cannot eat this. 
and and they would adapt it they they wouldn't let you like no no sorry you cannot eat here right yes and here in spain i had many cases where i i was you basically, struggled basically i was rejected from taking like juices or something i was like no i i want a smoothie but like please don't put the apple and they were like no, I cannot do it without the apple. And I was like, hey, I'm diabetic. It's like, I, I need it to be just a green juice without the apple. And I didn't get it. So so I was a bit annoyed. And I, I felt that it was a really bad service. And that people don't have this awareness about diabetes. Okay. So just to wrap things up, uh, what do you want to tell the audience? Uh in the sense of like diabetes, like, and also the people that just got di recently diagnosed, what can you tell them about? Like, uh, how can you encourage them with with living with this? Well, I think that first of all, you, you need to get like support from the community and you have to hear other people's stories. Cause like uh, at the beginning, I remember I was judging a lot my numbers and I was worried about that and you have to take it as information that helps you to decide what to do and how to solve that moment and that gave me quite a lot of peace of mind because I, I, I changed all the way that I judge myself and that helped me a lot and also like building a community within diabetics so that you feel the support from your community. That's, that's super helpful. And like in some countries, there are many groups and many people that cooperate between each other. And some countries, they have easier access for insulin or easier access to, to medical support and to get all the information easier so they are already comfortable with that so every person has to find their way to get the right information and to feel comfortable and happy with this condition okay so like the biggest advice you can give people with diabetes is find somebody that has diabetes and share stories and talk so both of you can learn more about it yes Because like you understand that other people is going through the same things that you you have and and also the ideas and the feelings and the thoughts and like because like it's not only that you feel sick sometimes sometimes you just feel uh, yeah it's like psychological uh, things that you are not comfortable with okay fair enough so also for the people that do not have diabetes, but you're listening to this episode, you now know how you can support somebody with diabetes, right? So you can always find a space or maybe a group or a community and invite uh, that person to follow that that uh, that group and learn more about, you know, like I, I think that from like talking with you and like uh, seeing you every day, I learned a lot every day about diabetes and how, how tough it is, but how how this cannot be impossible to overcome it's just a new lifestyle that uh that at the end of the day you have to get used to but 
it has its ups and downs, but I'm glad that people that have it still are able to uh, to overcome it and be happy and have like a better life, you know? So that's great. That's great to hear. Yes, and many diabetics have achieved things that non-diabetics achieve. So, so it's not a limitation. Right. Yeah, I mean, you guys can still run, you can still swim, you can do whatever you want. And that's amazing. That's pretty cool. I'm glad to hear. And uh, so now you know, guys, you know, uh, next time you meet somebody with diabetes, uh, instead of like saying like, hey, how did you like making a joke about it or like asking about like the silly things, you know, or like suggesting things like, oh, you should not eat this. Um, why don't you ask that person like, hey, let's go out for, for food, but you pick the place. Let that person that day choose that thing and you know like get in their shoes and understand how it's like living at least one meal uh with diabetes right so that's pretty cool to hear and uh thanks again for coming to 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 this show to this program and i hope you guys liked it i hope you guys learned something and like i said keep smiling keep um keep the good vibes And uh, I'll see you guys in the next one.